that, that's a true test of what kind of a fan you are. Yeah, but not me. I've been a Bengals fan my entire life. Wow. I will be until I die. And it just so happens that this year, they're winning. Right. Well, it's, only, it's only like a few games into the season, so. Yeah, but... I was predicting that we would go two and six, two and fourteen. So, <laughs> so they've already, <laughs> so they've already met my expectations. Met, and now everything else is just pudding. It's right? pudding. It's icing on top of the cake. That's so. sweet. All right. So what do we got here, David? All right. So uh, welcome everyone. I just started it. Oh, that's cool. A couple minutes ago. But uh, hey, welcome to Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders, worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate better worship in the local church. My name's David, and as always, I'm joined by my faithful sidekick. Kevin, me. I'm here from Vancouver, Washington, Laurelwood Baptist Church. Not to be confused with Vancouver, B.C., Right, 2010, Winter Olympics coming your way. Because whenever, when everyone else in the world hears Vancouver, that's what they think of. Yeah, well, especially now. Yeah. Uh, I, I told you about how I went to, to Vancouver, um, like last year at that pastor's conference. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about that? Yeah. And they were actually doing all this construction, getting ready for the, the 2010 games. And this was like back in uh, like the very early part of uh, 2000, or the mid part of 2007, you know? So I had no idea Vancouver was as big as it is. Well, the thing is, like, it's not really that big. I mean, we we drove through. We were in downtown. You know, it took like took like a minute and a half to go through downtown Vancouver. Uh, th- there's two main streets, you know, uh, through Vancouver. That's it. Th- there's like the major highway and a couple. But they have skyscrapers and stuff. They do. Which I did not expect. Okay. From all from what everyone has told me, I was expecting it to be just like a bunch of little buildings no they they do they do have like high-rise buildings but um i mean portland you know is bigger than vancouver i mean just in terms of like when i drive through downtown portland i i I feel much more like it's a big type city like with lots and lots of big buildings as opposed to when i went to vancouver bc and i drove through it in like a minute and a half and thought oh that was kind of fun yeah you know i went across the bridge there's this bridge that goes over the river and once you cross the bridge, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And they all talk funny up there. Yeah, a boot. <laughs> they, they talk a boot, Canada. But uh, anyway, so here we are. <laughs> Worship Ministry Catalyst. Yep. Um, it's been a little while. Not as long as other podcasts wait in between episodes, but no. long for us. Well, when's the, when's the last post that you... Uh... It's about a month. Wow. We, but I thought I thought we had several episodes that we had uh, recorded. No, we ran out. Whoops. <laughs> hey, I was ready last week. David was sick though. Yeah, I had. I think I had the swine flu or something. No kidding. Did you have discoloration? Discoloration of my face. Yeah. Wait, wait, was your face all like fleshy white? I don't think so. Okay. But I'd been out in the sun a lot for like a couple weeks beforehand. Oh. So. I don't know if that would show up. Nah, they, I had tan. I yeah, was, <laughs> you you couldn't you couldn't see my fleshy white my my fleshy white skin tone because it hung my on for tan. a long time though. Started with the sinus and then just it just wow. became a whole body experience. So, wow. Yeah, it was it was painful and the worst of it, like the peak of my illness, happened on Saturday night and Sunday morning. Oh boy. 
And so I, I'm leading worship, right? And so I started feeling a little bit, I was starting to feel bad on Thursday and Friday, and I was starting to feel fairly bad Saturday morning. And mm. it just, from Saturday morning on, just got worse and worse and worse. I could only sleep for a couple hours on Saturday night because oh. I couldn't breathe. I was coughing and sneezing and you know, and the wor- stuff. You know, the worst part is, man, you know, and, and if you're out there listening and you're a worship pastor, like, you, you understand how much energy you put into, like, a service. and. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part when you're already sick, when you're already not feeling good, and then you go into a worship service and like you're on, you know, you're you're putting like for me, I mean, I'm going, you know, between practice and rehearsal and setup and sound check, I mean, I'm going like 110. percent I'm going hard, mm-hmm. and by the time it's over, I mean, you you even when you're not sick, you know, you're you're pretty wiped out or yeah, exhausted. You're spent. Yeah, you're spent. But when you have nothing. When you have nothing, when you there start to begin with nothing, with. <laughs> and then it's rough. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, I was uh, I was in the pit the rest of the day on Sunday, and then trying to recover on Monday. So anyway, Ooh, we missed our opportunity last we week, and the pits of despair. But here we are. Yeah. A week later. Yeah, and, a week uh, later. I uh, going at it. We are. We're going at it. I've. Uh, I, I'm excited. Um, I'm really excited. David, do you want to introduce what we're going to be doing the next? And uh, this is going to be rare because we're getting into the topic. I yeah, mean, that's only five minutes. Go us. So it's because it's because it's exciting. We got yeah. good stuff. So hey, um, Kevin and I started talking a few weeks ago. Well, we start, actually started talking a few months ago. We did about doing um, some songwriting podcasts and. As we started talking, like, well, we should we should really, you know, start emailing back and forth and come up with you know a, a systematic approach so that we can we can talk about it in a good way and not just a foofy. This is how I do it kind of a way, you know, and just and just throw in a couple of helpful things. And then uh, I'd been reading this book and I I said, hey, well, let's let's just go through this book on the podcast, kind of kind of treat the podcast as a little uh, book discussion group. And uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going through uh, Paul Balash and Jimmy and Carol Owen's book, God Songs. God Songs. Yeah. And uh, if you are a worship leader who... I, uh, they say that it's not just for people who write music. I would say that it's that it's almost only for people who write music. It's geared towards songwriters. Yeah. But, you know, as I was reading it, I was trying to read it from, you know, the the lenses of just a worship leader, and I was getting stuff out of it, just even in terms of, like, song selection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's stories behind the songs yeah. in here that you get to read that, I, that, are you, cool. that are hard to find anywhere else about contemporary cool. worship songs. And... And it's and it gives you a cool perspective. If you're not into writing songs, it does give you a cool perspective on what goes into a worship song, right. and it can give you some really uh, some uh, pragmatic tools for evaluating worship songs. So it can help you evaluate good worship songs, and you can evaluate. You know, if you hadn't thought about it before, then you know, it gives you the ideas to to evaluate yeah. songs in terms of theology and content and and the the prodigy and stuff like that of the song. So, so point being that David and I kind of both felt this would be a really cool thing to just podcast about. You know, like like David said, rather than just 
flap our gums and come up with our own ideas. Yeah, Paul, you and I who have written, you know, a handful of yeah, songs yeah. in our why, life. Why not turn to like Paul Balash, <laughs> like one of the most celebrated yeah. uh, Christian songwriters in in you know contemporary worship music? And these and Jimmy and Carol. Yeah. I don't know how far you've gotten in the book yet, but I've I gotten mean, to chapter two. And and it sounds like in a lot of ways they're basically responsible for, for contemporary. Paul. Well, and for Paul's even discovery, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's true because I've never, I haven't heard a lot about Jim, right. Jimmy and Carol Owens, but, but even some of the quotes and some of the songs and some of the, the stories that they've told so far in the book, um, I'm like, wow, they, they've kind of had a really big impact. I mean, earlier on it was, mm-hmm. you know, seventies and eighties, but uh, they're pioneers. Um, yeah. They kind of got the ball rolling. They did. Praise God for yeah. people like them. Right. Entrepreneurs. Got to have them. So, yeah, so uh, David and I, we decided that we would kind of go through the book one chapter at a time. Um, so we're well, gonna... not even that. Oh, sorry. Just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about stuff through the, we'll go through the book systematically from beginning to end. We're not going to jump around in the book. But if we get carried off in a, you know, in a discussion about something that's in a chapter and we only get through half a chapter... Then I don't think we should try and you know press through and cover the rest of the chapter, because mm. I think that would do a disservice to the rest of the content that might actually merit another full discussion. All right, fair. So that's fair. So we're going to be doing this for a while. Yeah, it's and, like a uh, like a mini series. Yeah, we're doing we're doing a podcast worship ministry catalyst podcast mini series. So uh, spread the word to your friends out there that we are talking about writing worship songs. We'll uh, maybe play some examples of some of our own songs from time to time if, yep. it, if it pertains to this. Or And you should go out and pick up a copy of this book. It's, yeah. The title of the book is God's Songs, How to Write and Select Songs for Worship. And you can buy it at leadworship.com. Buy it right from Paul's website. Or yeah. you can go to amazon.com and get it for a few bucks cheaper. Yeah, and you know I got it. I'm looking at my receipt here. I got it for $16.65 on Amazon. Um, plus uh, free shipping on orders for $25 or more. There you go. So Buy another book and you got free shipping. Free shipping. Although I, I imagine that, uh, you know, I mean, if you care, if you care about this kind of thing, maybe maybe buy it on that Lead Worship website because I'm sure Paul might get a little bit more money that way. Yeah, he probably makes a few more bucks. He's not paying Amazon to sell it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you, if you care about that, if you care about supporting local worshipers and their ministries and buy it on Lead Worship, yeah. if you care about saving money, if you care about the bottom line, buy it on Amazon. Yeah. And we won't judge you either way. Either way, just get the book. Just get the book. So here uh, here we go, God songs. We're not. I don't think we're going to talk about... Uh, the introduction, right? No, we don't. You can read the introduction on no. your own, and uh, that's where he talks about it's not just for songwriters, how to use this book, yada, yada, yada. We're right. jumping right into it, chapter one. Let's do it. Page 23. So um, he he kind of starts off where I'd expect him to start off. Worship is not music, but music can be, can be worship. Probably everyone and their brother that's involved in worship has heard that statement at some point in their lives. Yeah, or so, or a variation of yeah. that statement. So we don't really need to uh, to delve into that, unless you have something that's profound to add. No, not really. Worship is a lifestyle. So, uh, so what I was thinking is we just hit unless you had something highlighted or something. We just hit these uh, bold statements. Yep. 
And uh, so down at the bottom of the page, carrying on to the next page, as a Christian songwriter, especially a worship songwriter, what you do is lead people in expressing their love and worship to the Lord, honoring, adoring, and venerating Him. Which goes a little bit deeper than the first thing he's talking about. I think that's I think that's actually a well phrased way of putting what we do as worship leaders. Yeah. Like we're yeah. not we're not just leading people in singing. We're not you know I grew up having song leaders. My dad was a song leader and was always trying to make it a little bit more than just pe- leading people in singing, but it was, you know, leading leading songs out of the hymnals. You just sang through it out of a rote kind of a thing. But what we're doing now is is we're leading people in expressing their love. It's not we're not leading people in singing in unison. We're leading people in, in expressing right. something that comes from within, which and, is a, a quite a big difference. And the point being, I think there's been kind of a shift, you know, uh, in in the last number of years in, in terms of how you know how our response um, to music. And uh, gosh, he said he says this great line in here. I, I should have highlighted it. Um, you know, he, he said this great part in here. Let's see if I can find it about how um, about how how music. Uh, you know, it, it's it's almost um, food for food for your soul. You know, and how music uh, can be such a such a beautiful thing and such a beautiful expression. Um, but I love what he says right here. You know, he talks about how how our um, our need uh, to to lead people in expressing their love and worship. Um, you know, the the songs that we're writing and the songs that we're leading. You know, they they uh, they will do among other things. He says they'll magnify the worth of God. They'll teach doctrinal truth. They'll evoke a heart response, a heart a wholehearted response. Um, they'll inspire others to live their lives for God's glory. They'll motivate others to know Him and enjoy Him. They'll help others become more aware of His presence. And then, I love this part right here. Let me just read it straight from the book. Um, Paul writes, If we're going to suggest that our church, with its rich heritage of great music, should use our songs in its holy mission, we had better make sure ours are as empowered as those we would have them replace. And it's a great point because, you know, the the church has such a wealth of music, and and if we're if we're coming to the the forefront with songs that we've written or or you know new songs that have come out, like we better make sure that they're they're filling a, a, a need that they're filling a gap, you know that they're um that they're songs that are going to be worth uh the the energy of our people, you know. Well, I mean, what he's doing is he's setting the bar. And he's setting yeah. it pretty high, yeah. Because um, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this about being at Multnomah. Seems like you know everybody and their brother played guitar, right? Sure. And everybody and their brother played their guitar out in public for everybody else and their brothers to hear <laughs> how you know how good they were playing the guitar, kind of a thing. You know, that's that's a negative attitude about it. But that's how it came across to me. <laughs> that's a cynical attitude. But at, David. The, <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of them were playing songs that they would that they had written. And some, you know, for special projects in our classes, a lot of them would write songs and you know do stuff like that. And right. I just heard so much original music at Multnomah that I did not want to hear, hmm. and it did not evoke any kind of response in me in a positive way. The only kind of response that it evoked in me, <laughs> the songwriter wouldn't have wanted to know about. You yeah, know what I mean? a little negative. And so, um, 
and that's not just because that's not you know I wasn't a, I am I do lean towards being cynical as a person and in my personality and I'm I'm working on that I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be the negative guy but it's it's not just because of that but it but it's because of the quality of the song hmm. and I was I was growing increasingly frustrated with this idea that just anybody because because I've spent a lot of time working on the craft of songwriting. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I worked with with professionals, you know, when I was in high school who were kind enough to spend time with me, who had songs that were playing on the radio and they were working with and I, I remember spending tons and tons of time working on songs and and continue to do so to this day. And I just remember being frustrated if I've put on put in this many hours of effort into working on good songs and then this you who's going to come and throw a song together in 15 minutes and it's going to be you know on a completely different plane hmm. then then what's the difference there like wh- why are why should uh, should he have the right to expose me to his music if he's not going to work hard at it does that make sense yeah, you know, and I might think, sound a little haughty and arrogant, and I don't mean it to. Right, you're you're not trying to be like a song snob. No, but you're just trying to say let let's be just just like Paul saying in that statement. Um, let's be putting a, a craft. Let's be putting a song that that's worth the the effort and worth the time and worth the um, replacement of some of the you know historical songs through the church. Well, if that was in a different environment, you know, if it's if it was in a songwriting class, and sure. they were bringing the songs to get critique, and then going back and work on them some more, and we were all, you know, that's yeah, a completely yeah. well, different thing. And, and Paul, I mean, he even talks about that in chapter two. You know, he talks about that uh, th- there are songs for personal worship, and you know, Paul talks about the art of of even just you know. Uh, sitting down and singing through the psalms, you know, not not for the purpose of writing, but just just for the purpose of of living out truth and doctrine, and and as a personal expression of worship, and as you live those kind of things out, and becomes a part of who you are, so that you may be right in the future. So yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with grabbing your guitar and plunking out a few chords and and singing a string of random, right. you know, absolutely m- melodies together. There's nothing wrong, you know, with with creating a song and saying what can we you know what can we do to make the song better here take a listen to it yeah so you know i i get your point Debbie. i said You're, that to say kind of in the same way of what they're saying is you know if we're going to be worship leaders that are writing songs for our congregation to sing we can't do that we can't throw a song together in 15 minutes and then take it to our congregation and expect it to be a meaningful worship experience for them yeah yeah it, there's there's a craft yeah. and and it takes time, and uh, you know. Again, later on, Paul talks about the idea of of, uh, of, of placing your song in a greenhouse, mm-hmm. so to speak, and, and letting letting that song grow. And you have songs in your greenhouse. Uh, you know, I I actually was just working on a, on one this last week, and I had this nice little hook, and and uh, I was like, I'm gonna let that one sit for a little bit. Yeah, I was, I'm trying to do the same thing. I had an idea come to me today, and I just wrote down what I had. Yeah. And I just I spent another couple minutes on it. Nothing's coming, so I just said, you know what? That can be in my greenhouse. When I have more, I'll come back to it. Throw it in your greenhouse. Let let it grow a little bit. See see what happens. So he's setting the bar high, and uh, I think rightfully so. And uh, I think we can all learn from that. But um, some good things that they keep saying: you don't have to be the lead worshiper to write good worship songs. You just need to be a worshiper. You don't have to be the worship like 
there's no reason that just worship leaders of churches, the paid people up on stage, are the only people in the world that can write good worship songs. Sure, and Paul never started out that way. Right. Paul Paul Balash was just you know a, a guy in a church playing guitar on Sunday mornings, and you know he kind of got placed into this position and. People saw potential in him. Jimmy and you know Carol, they mm-hmm. saw potential, and um, you know uh, he he says he says a couple other things in this uh, chapter. Uh, and by the way, chapter one it's how worship songs are born, and he talks about you know just simple things like um, writing your ideas down, you know, carrying a notebook, having having something with you that you're going to write down, and, and he he says always have your antenna up. Uh, a large part of a songwriter's job is to find and retrieve inspiration. And, you know, it's a good point because I, I don't know about you, man, but, you know, a lot of times I, I get so much of my inspiration from hearing other songs and other uh, other music and or even just uh, circumstances and events. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a, a song that I, I, uh, I wrote a while back for my wife um there there was a uh, this little part of a of a worship song um that kept resonating in my head and, and uh this this really great musical hook and and out of that I kind of birthed this a completely different song you know a love song but the idea is like I was inspired you know by hearing something and um uh Dar- there's a great sh- uh, quote from Darlene Check uh who wrote shout to the lord she said that um uh, what sparks a song for her is uh, when you read or when you hear or you see something that causes passion and you go, hey, and that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. You hear something, you read something, you see something, and it's like, hey, and it inspires you. And Al, Perfect example spark. of that is a hot song right now that you that you turned me on to from the inside out. Yeah. It's like, hey. Hey. Dude, that's what I want. Yeah, I want to be... Yeah. I want to be l- l- not just putting on a facade on the outside, but I want you to change me from the inside out. You know, right? It, well, that resonates with it's, everyone. It's, right? It struck something. Right? It struck yeah. something in you, and and you know, out of that, you know, uh, uh, probably the same thing. You know, for Joel Houston as he wrote that song, um, an idea, and out of that, you know, hundreds and of uh, thousands of people have been worshiping mm-hmm. uh, to this great, this great idea. Well, and. You know, having your antenna up, you know, being ready to write it down as soon as it, as soon as you, uh, it strikes you. It, it's, it's all kind of leading into this. I don't know if, if it's, if they get into it. I'm reading a couple other books too at the same time about songwriting. And, um, he, some of this other, and I, so I'm, I'm sorry if I get confused. If it's not in this book, then it is in a book somewhere. I'm not this smart, you know. <laughs> it's out <laughs> but, there somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's basically you you have to start training yourself to think in all of your waking moments and even and and I think what'll start to happen is then even in your dreams you hear people about waking up with songs <laughs> in their mind you know that that's new songs that they they right. like the hook they'll wake up with this hook in their mind it's like and it's it's because it became a part of their yeah. it's a part of their lives yeah you it's have to train your are. entire being to think this way so you have to think start thinking about all the situations that you're in like even this situation right now where we're having this conversation you have to start thinking 
oh well what well what is there that I could write a song about here what is the what is an emotion that's happening here what are what are some of the things what are the thoughts that are being said what are yeah. what are the ideas that that Kevin's passionate about that he's sharing with me right now that I could capture in a song and and freeze in time yeah you're always kind of on the lookout and you know there's a reason why Paul Balash has written like 180 worship songs you know it's it's not because he's just you know like regurgitating you know them out and and just like spewing them uh it's because he's always looking and he's always thinking like bill gaither's written like 500 or something right and and you know what some songs some songs really work and connect with people other songs you know you record them and and you know maybe maybe they don't have that kind of impact but the point is uh you know the point is that you are you are in that 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 uh mode of always being aware Mm -hmm. I, i like the um I like the analogy of uh, it's kind of like having a slug bug eyes. You know, when you play the game yeah. slug bug, you're you're always looking for you know for that 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 bug that Volkswagen bug. I mean, you you know you'll spot one like mm-hmm. like five corners you know down the road. I mean, on some side street you'll see a bam slug bug. Right. And and you want to have that same thing where it's like you put on the slug bug eyes and, and you want to have that slug bug vision so that. That you you're aware when it hits, so when it does hit you, boom, you're ready for it. And you have to train yourself. And I mean, train. like when you're playing that game, you know, you'll miss slug bugs all the time right off the bat because you're just not thinking about it, and all yeah. of a sudden you'll see, oh, I was supposed to hit somebody. You know, it's boom. like the same kind of thing happens with with songwriting. You know, you, when you're not when you're out of practice with this discipline, you'll have an idea come and it'll be out of your head before you can capture it and write it down. You know, you'll have this thought and then as it's leaving your mind, when you can no longer remember what it was, it's like, that would have been a good song. What, where is it? Come back. You where know, it's like, it? and you're trying to reach behind you it, it, there's just, and it's just gone. It's gone. It's yeah. happened to me a lot of times, oh. but so moving on, um, Paul then gets into what I was mentioning a little, a little while ago, uh, you know, the idea of singing scriptures and, and letting that be, a part of who you are kind of david what you were just saying how it, it literally becomes a, a way of life for you um so that you know you, you go to bed you, you wake up and 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 you're so kind of immersed in you know even just singing scriptures and he you know he gives an example of you know just uh you know just going going away in uh in kind of an isolated place you know maybe in your car and room and uh and just singing you know not not worrying about it um, he says, uh, um, y- you know, y- he says that that no one else is likely to sing, you know, one of these songs. You're not going to write a song out of it. But you may, however, as a byproduct, come up with a line or two worth developing into a real song. So, again, mm-hmm. out of that, you get inspiration. You know, when you hear something, you see something, you're inspired by something, and you get that, hey, hey, may Maybe that could be. Yeah, and I th- and I think the Psalms is great. I don't think we need to just keep it as narrow as the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have this book, the Psalms and Hymns of Isaac Watts, and there are there are hundreds of hymns that Isaac Watts has written, had that that wrote. Yeah. I guess is the right way of putting it. And and it's just the idea of inspiration, and from that's what it is for me. You know, exposing yourself to things that are inspiring. And, you know, so the Psalms, they're obviously inspiring. They were inspired by, by God through the pens of, of mere mortals, but, but they were inspired. And, and same thing, I, and I believe the same thing with Isaac Watts and, and a lot of other 
poetry writers and and but one thing that I I won't I wouldn't take an entire Isaac Watts hymn and try and set it to music. People have right. done that in the past, but but I wouldn't do that. But I'll I will come away with a couple of phrases or a couple of of intriguing thoughts that I will try and turn into a thought for that I can write a song about mm-hmm. that, that same idea. And so I think the more inspiring writing we can expose ourselves to, the better we're going to come out at, on the end. Like poetry, you know, not just reading reading the newspaper. Yeah, you can get a few ideas out of the newspaper <laughs> and stories, but but that's not that's not necessarily inspiring writing, but reading poetry and things that people have worked hard at already. Yeah, and then and then that might inspire. Might you might catch some one little thing out of there that you can turn into a completely different. Yeah, so singing scripture, Paul also talks about singing um, your prayers. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's this great little quote I want to read for you, where uh, he Paul says, "If I could give you one line about writing, whoa, if I could give you one line about writing worship songs, it would be sing your prayers." This is because most of our prayers tend to come from a sincere, authentic place in our heart, uh, the very kinds of expressions that we're trying to write in our songs. And I thought that was a unique idea because mm-hmm. I, I don't often sing my prayers. And, right. um, uh, you know, funny, I, I, I've mentioned before how I, you know, I went to this worship conference uh, like a month ago with Paul Balash. He was one of the speakers. And uh, in one of the workshops, Paul talked about that. You know, Paul, Paul talked about just you know, singing it. And, and he, he said it so like, it was such a normal thing. And I was like, wow, like that, that's not really normal for me or a lot of people, but, but it very well could be. And I think for a guy like Paul who writes a ton of music is, it's a way of life again. Yeah. I I remember when I heard him say that for the first time, having that exact same experience, like, Oh, well, yeah, I've heard people do that, but I've never thought about how to train myself to do that. You know, and that's, and you have to, you have to train yourself. You know, I think there are a lot of mystical things that people think about worship leaders and songwriters that just aren't true. You know, I think it comes out of discipline and training and, and as songwriters, if that's, if that's the only thing we pick up out of this book, I think that would be huge. Mm. If we pick up to actually train ourselves and be disciplined as, as a songwriter, then I think the skill will come. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. I think that I think yeah, that's make, huge. Make it a craft. Yeah. Make it a craft. Make it a serious. Craft. Yeah. Well, I, I have I have a, a couple of thoughts about this next this next section, the collecting and organizing your thoughts. Oh yeah, with the uh, the clustering. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually I, I've never tried that before. I, I'm more of a linear thinker, mm-hmm. uh, so I just kind of think straight through. Um, when I read that, I was like, "Oh, that's different." I, you know, I, I might, I might try to give it a shot. Have you ever tried to do the uh, clustering? Well, uh, not, not exactly like like this, but um, one thing I have done. Well, I, the last song I wrote, I did this way, is instead of you know, instead of trying to be inspired for the entire song, like to write down what I wanted to say in each section of the song. Or like what I wanted to say through the like through the whole song, not necessarily in order. And so like, well, I wanted to say this, and 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 it's all it's all in the same about the same thing, mm-hmm. but they're different perspectives maybe or whatever it was. And I, then I started looking. Well, this would be good for the chorus, and this would be good for for a verse, and this would be good for a verse. So which one should be first? You know, then you figure that out. Well, this would be good for the first verse. This would be good for the bridge. And so, just kind of like getting all your ideas down on a piece of paper, 
for that song and then start working on on writing the song instead of just trying to be inspired for the whole song at, right. at one time. Like, right. you know what I mean? No, I hear you. But, um, one of the other books I'm reading, uh, the guy talks about object writing and it's a discipline. And he says that you should do, he thinks you should do this every day as a songwriter that you should, the first thing in the morning before you have anything else going on in your head for the first 10 minutes to do object writing, what he calls object writing. And that's just picking, any object, inanimate object, whatever it is, just an object, <laughs> and to just spend ten minutes writing, and and just you know writing in a uh, a sensory kind of a way, mm. and he using the, the five senses, and then he he lists two other senses that are like pers- perspective and something else, but but anyway, to use those things and to write, just write for 10 minutes about any object. So like water bottle. Okay. So I'm going to write for the next 10 minutes about my water bottle. Wow. And it sounds really ridiculous, right? That's but I, inspiring. Yeah. So I, I've been, I haven't done it recently, which I need to, I really need to get back into the discipline of doing it, but I do it and I find myself drawing these and what it's great for is, which is also is what missing is missing in a lot of worship songs is metaphor. I find myself drawing a lot of stuff, illustrative things out of things like a water bottle out mm. of things like a knob on my mixing board <laughs> or like, you know, just totally random stuff that you would think would have no meaning whatsoever. And like, because I'm, I'm forcing myself to think in what he calls the seven senses that I'm, I'm starting to pull meaning that's, mm. that, that he says is pulling from the deepest part of your soul because that's what you're forcing and training yourself to do is is to do that so so and it's kind of along the same idea of clustering is when you he wants you to, when you're writing a song to do object writing about it first and basically pull up as many ideas about that mm. thing as possible and, it, and it's actually a very very useful thing interesting that yeah. that's a yeah that that's an interesting tool yeah and like i said something i've never really done much of i'm such a linear thinker mm-hmm. yeah i kind of think in like strings and so um string theorist yeah I'm, i love string theory <laughs> it's my favorite i don't even know what it is yeah i've real, just heard it mentioned on tv shows and stuff yeah it's like uh it's like the most um I don't. I don't know what it is. it's like. How atoms and DNA and how it all collides and works together. And I don't know. It's all out right. there. It's way out there, man. So should we? Uh, should we take a break and come back on the next podcast? Pick it up from here. Yeah. How how far in are we? Thirty four. Oh yeah. We probably should stop, shouldn't we? Hey, thirty four. We're stopping on. We're gonna pick up on page thirty four. Perfect. So hey, uh, this has been a. Another episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Uh, Worship Ministry Catalyst can be found online, worshipministrycatalyst.com. Join our social network at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can email us, David Worship Ministry Catalyst, or Kevin at Worship Ministry Catalyst. And we'd love to hear from you, especially if you know things about writing songs or yeah. anything else in worship ministry. Please get in touch with us, and we hope to hear from you soon. Bye.